0: Will let's be turning to Genesis 42. I'd sent the link out for uh, Clay's dad's uh, obituary and the arrangements they've made. So as you can remember that family, remember him. He's gonna stay a few days after the service to be with his mother. uh, My friend, Brother Ravi is filling in for him. Probably preached for him before I ever moved to New Jersey, and then he didn't for a long time. And he agreed to preach for Clay this morning. I texted him. I prayed for him. I wish I was there. I thought a lot about him and how this applies to what's taking place in our text. And so I'll save that to the end. I'll save that story to the end of. I got highlighters and the same thing. Wrote, at the top of my notes in the very last page. So I hope I remember. Here in Genesis forty-two. We're going to hear about Joseph fearing God. Remember Joseph's brothers. Long time ago, Joseph was the favorite. He was born to the favorite wife. He was the firstborn. He wasn't the firstborn by all the all the brothers. He was the firstborn from his mother, who his father loved, and he worked for for 14 years. And he was preferred, and he had a coat of many colors made for him. There was no bones about it. Jacob liked him best. <laughs> and so, and his daddy loved him. And his brothers hated him. And they couldn't even say something nice to him. You reckon they prayed for him? Couldn't even have a nice word to say about him. And then he went to go serve them. And they said, you know what? Let's cast him in a pit and get rid of him. And we'll take that coat and kill a lamb, put some blood on it. That way daddy has some closure. Well, how, what good thoughts. There are so many things that people congratulate me on. It's absolutely abhorrible. It's terrible. I said, well, that's so good. No, it ain't. I mean, and it might be. It will be for our good and our glory, or for his glory. But boy, it sure ain't right. They thought, well, we'll do daddy a favor. We'll sell him off to slavery and we'll never see him again. Well, time goes on. But he gets bought into Potiphar's house and, Moving up the ranks, never said a word, never complained, never murmured, never belly ached and whined and carried on and threw a fit and just put his head down, learned a new language, got a new name and got to work. New country, new clothes. They didn't wear the same kind of shoes, you know. <laughs> his feet had to get new calluses in new places. And he just did it. Just did what the Lord put in his hand to do. And then on false charges, on a lie, he was cast into prison and then there he interprets the dreams of two men the baker and the butler of course one's hung pretty quickly thereafter and the other one forgets him forgets him didn't care and then years later he remembered when pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't nobody could tell what it was and he said, i remember Years later, like a two-edged sword, it cut through that man's mind. And he said, I remember. I remember. The Lord woke it up inside of him, didn't he? To that butler. And he said, I know Joseph can interpret your dream. So Joseph came and he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. And he said, there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And nobody got mad for six years or seven years in a day. <laughs> it's awful easy to be bouncy and happy. On the seven years good, ain't it? And I bet the one they blamed, whoever got mad, blamed Joseph on that seven year and a day when the famine kicked in. He didn't waver. He didn't waver. Didn't care. He had a job to do, and he did it. Didn't he? What a thought. Now the famine came, and I'm sure there's millions and millions that cursed and and murmured about that famine. But the Lord used the famine. He did this on purpose for those brothers of Joseph and for us. Right now, this morning, in 2023. Can you believe that? Who's a God like unto our God? He sent these these things and these pains and these, everything we whine and bellyache over for the good of his people and for his glory forever and ever. If he's done it, he's done it this for four thousand years. However long it's been, it's gonna keep happening. He's gonna keep getting the glory for it. It's gonna keep being magnificent. He sent this famine, and those brothers were told because their father heard with the hearing of the ear where life was, where food was, where bread was, and he said, "Get you down, get you down." It's gonna to to take place, isn't it? That's growth, buddy. Not look at me and I will speak. I will, my oratory will increase and my knowledge will, will grow down. <laughs> we grow down. His brothers came down to buy food. Look here in verse 14, Genesis 42, verse 14. Remember he said, we looked last time, if there was true men. And he said, y'all a bunch of spies. He spoke harshly to them. That's not recorded as something bad. This is recorded as something good. It's verse 14, And Joseph said unto them, That is that is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby shall ye be proved. I'm going to prove if you're spies or if you're true men. By the life of Pharaoh, ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. The thing that's most precious right now to your father, the most precious thing to you all, that's your baby brother, unless you bring him to me. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother. And ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved. Whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you're spies. You send one of you to go. That's the commandment. Now look what happens. And he put them all together in the ward three days. Right now, go get your youngest brother, I'm killing everybody. Now put him in jail for three days. (laughs) That ain't right now. (laughs) They didn't know it was three days. I just know they went to jail. I thought about that. Do this and live. And then being cast into prison where you cannot do what's commanded, even if you wanted to. You think about them brothers. Do you think they wanted to go get Benjamin and bring him back? They said, this fellow is about to, this prime minister of Egypt, through a, speaking through a translator, an interpreter, is about to chop our heads off. Why would I go get Benjamin? He just said we was all spies. Maybe one of us could make it out alive. They had no desire to do that, and they had no ability to live, to do what was commanded of them. We get that? Think of the finger pointing while they was in that prison for three days and the blaming and the accusing. This is your fault. You got us in here. If you'd have done this, if you'd have walked faster, if you wouldn't have turned left when we turned right, if you wouldn't have spoke to that guard. Later on, Reuben says, I told you so. Way back yonder, 20 years, when we threw him in a pit, I said, don't throw him in the pit. <laughs> but look at what a sweet and precious thing occurs. This is bad, right? If you was living this and you didn't know the outcome, uh, things have turned south. We should have stayed where we was instead of getting... Come down here to get bread, huh? And then look what happened. Look what the precious thing that happens. Verse 18. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live. That's what he told them. For I fear God. Because, that word's uh, italicized, it's added for us. Do this and live because you fear God. That's not what it says. You do this and live because I fear God. Who's Joseph a picture of? Lord Jesus Christ is who he's a picture of. Do this because I fear God. That's a shocking statement to those brothers. The same as it would be for me, knowing what that means. If I bumped into somebody that truly feared God, there's some times I heard they speak the language I speak. I wonder if it's not declared if that's in Hebrew or not. This whole time he's been speaking the language of the Egyptians through an interpreter. And now he speaks clearly. He said, I fear God. Believers or even unbelievers that's raised in a believing home. They're surrounded by people. I mean a bunch of them. Everybody you work with, everybody you know, everybody you relate to. Everybody. The bulk majority of people that do not speak this language. These men were down in Egypt. They were completely surrounded by someone that did not know their God. They worshiped a false god, and they did not speak their language. And then out of the blue, the very one they thought was an Egyptian, the very one that had a different name than Joseph, the very one that was a prime minister, the very one that was a corn giver, the the, the souped-up grocer. <laughs> He's the man we got to go get groceries from. This is one that fears God. Talk about being taken aback. You got out of prison for three days, and this one says, I fear God. Not just scared of God. Not just afraid of God. Not just the opposite of what Pharaoh's outward opposition was. Remember that? When Aaron and Moses went into Pharaoh and they said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness, they may worship me. And what did Pharaoh say? Who's the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. He didn't even know God. It's not that this fellow just come in the acquaintance with the Lord. He was afraid. Not that Joseph was just scared. This man, Joseph, this means he feared the true and living God. He's speaking to those 10 brothers. And he says, the God of, their, of your father and of your grandfather and of your great grandfather, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I fear that God. I reverence that God. That's a strong declaration. Just a couple of words. That means something. That means something. There's millions and millions and millions and billions of people, billions probably with a B, billions of people that say that in vain and without understanding. I, I don't hear it anymore. When I was a kid growing up, I used to hear people say, well, that's a good fellow, man. I like him. He's a good man. He's a, he's a God-fearing man. She's a God-fearing woman. That's a good godly woman. Outside of Christ, there's no such thing. There's no. It's spoken in vanity. It's spoken without understanding, without knowing God, of who they claim to fear. Now, I'm not against morality and people being good neighbors. That's a, that's a good thing. You ought to. But it's not what to fear. God's not what man thinks it is. And we have a nature that thinks we know what that means. This is not what we naturally think it means, being an outwardly moral person or living as much as one can according to the Bible and and going to church and reading your Bible all the time, memorizing some verses. That doesn't mean a person fears God. Me making this statement about that statement is a bold statement. Say, I fear God means something, doesn't it? This declaration, I fear God, it identifies Joseph as a person of one or two categories. That's it. There are only two kinds of people in this world. Two kinds of people. Those that fear God and those that do not. There are sheep and there are goats. There's believers and there's unbelievers. There are those that are made righteous and those that are left to their wickedness. Paul wrote of those wicked. He said there is no fear of God before their eyes. Not even physical. Look around. Uh, an old fella cut in line to me yesterday. I had a forty pound sack of chicken feet on my shoulder. I'm six foot four and two hundred and fifty pounds. And I've I've been told I look mean all the time. And he cut in line, gave me attitude. And I was like, what makes you think this is okay? I said, go ahead. You know, I'll just I said this bag ain't hurting me, go pay for your stuff. There's there's not even a, a sense of physical fear of God. And these pride parades and abortionists and all these other things are an absolute abomination just in the body. Nobody's afraid. How come? Nobody's told them. They're left to themselves. That's a man's natural mind, isn't it? It's getting worse, huh? Who makes it different? There's these two classes of people, those that fear God and those that don't fear God. Who makes the difference? Who makes you to differ? Mankind doesn't. We don't. We will look at this word fear for a second. But in our vernacular, if it only meant afraid, I thought about this. Even then, if it just meant afraid, I can't make myself unafraid of snakes or heights. People say, well, just don't, just get over it. Address your fears. No. <laughs> I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of heights, and I don't want nothing to do with them. I can't change that. And I'll tell you something else. I saw a person one time, they walked into a room, and there was a couple of rifles laid out on the, on the table, and they screamed. Just Gun sitting there on a table. I can't make myself unafraid of a gun. I can act like I am. I can put on a show. I can't change that. I can't make myself not be afraid of snakes, and I can't make myself afraid of something that I'm not afraid of. I can't even do that physically, right? What is the fear of God? Solomon, the wisest man born Adam. We ought to hear what he has to say. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of... Knowledge. Psalm 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. What's instruction every time we open this word? Well, I don't like that, Kevin. I don't. That doesn't affect me. I hate that for you. The Lord's teaching His people something. He's showing us something. And a fool despises it. That's harsh. That's what it says in Psalm, or Proverbs 1, verse 7. But the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. You start having knowledge, right? But what, what does the Lord give us? We, we can read these things and we know how to read. We have some knowledge, but we need understanding, don't we? Proverbs 9, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy, his people, his sanctified, his saints, is understanding to fear Him, to honor Him. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid. Here's the things it's not. It's not being afraid of punishment. I don't want to get... Do you want to get in trouble? I can't stand being in trouble. (laughs) I'm grown. I ought not be in trouble anymore. (laughs) I get in trouble all the time. It's not... Fearing God's not being afraid of punishment. It's not afraid of going to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Who does? That's sane. It's not simply understanding that you can't keep the law... And I need to be out from underneath that law because there's punishment attached to that law. That's not fearing God. It's not quid pro quo. Fearing God's not this for that. I know a man one time, he said, I'm afraid if I don't, But he's a Catholic fellow. He said, if I don't keep tithing, he said, I can't sell as many cars as he used to. He's a car salesman. <laughs> That's doubly wrong. You don't want to hang out with you. If I quit tithing or praying or I quit going to church and Lord, may not bless me. That's not a a fear of God. That's not knowing the holy God of heaven and earth, the living God. Those kinds of fears are types of being afraid without knowledge. That's a type of being afraid without wisdom. That's a type of being afraid without an understanding of who God is. Hebrews 5, 7 speaks of Christ and it says, Who in the days of his flesh, When he came to this earth, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that is able to save him from death, unto the Father, and he was heard. In that, what was the reason he was heard? He feared. Christ came to this earth and he feared the Father. That's not a fear of being afraid of punishment. That's not a fear of uh, being afraid that he's going to lose something. No, that's a fear of reverence, of reverence, of awe of devotion. If you fear God, you're devoted to Him. Of worship, of of thanksgiving, of glorifying, of honor. That Hebrew word here in our text where Joseph said, I fear God, that word fear, it means, and it said this in the definition, physically to be afraid, spiritually to be reverent. And I thought they did all the hard work for me. (laughs) It broke it down real well, didn't it? The natural man will physically fear God. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something bad coming to me. Where there's spiritual life, there's reverence. That's night and day, isn't it? That's night and day. Is that my thoughts in the dictionary? Well, Paul tells us. Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. We're worried about this body. We're worried about me. I'm out for number one. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, worshiping a holy God reverencing him what if i don't get a warm fuzzy my warm fuzzy don't matter his name needs to be proclaimed and if it is i'll have the warm fuzzy i'll be happy about it the flesh may fear punishment and pain and that spirit that's put in us is reverent david wrote he said serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling that explains itself how can you rejoice physically if you're trembling you can't rejoice if you're scared to death. That means something spiritual, doesn't it? You can tremble in the spirit when your body's rejoicing and your heart's rejoicing in Christ, doesn't it? Just, oh, just quiver, don't we? So happy. I saw that thief on the cross. Turn over, to Luke twenty-three. Luke twenty-three. in verse 34 Luke 23 34 and said Jesus forgive father forgive them for they know not what they do the last of the seven sayings huh? and they parted his raiment and cast lots and the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him saying he saved others let him save himself let himself him save himself if he be the Christ the chosen of God and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself. We read over Matthew 27 that both of those malefactors at the point at one point, it says they cast the same in his teeth. That means the same thing come across their teeth. Both of them did, didn't it? But this one had heard some things. He heard those seven sayings. He heard, uh, and I thought, what would I hear if I heard what he said? But what, is, what, is, what, do you, what do you have to have to have life? The Lord says Live. What what doctrinal proof did the, the apostles have to have when he said, follow me? They just got up. They straightway left the boat. They walked off of it like four Gump just clean, went. They followed him, didn't they? Because there's power in his words. I talked for an hour and a half a week. Follow him, come to him, draw As he sees fit, buddy, right then, did not it? He spoke on that cross, and that one that was hanging already had nails in him, that same thing came across his teeth. He turns, look here in verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He ain't saying, Are you afraid? He said, Don't you honor God? And this is God hanging right here between us. That man knew something, didn't he? He knew the living God, and he feared the Lord. He honored the Lord. He reverenced the Lord that was right there next to him. And he knew his guilt, verse 41. And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. That's the Holy One of Israel. That's the Savior hanging right there. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Not that there is a kingdom that you happen to be a citizen of. He says, thy kingdom. You're the king. You're the Lord. You're the king. You're God. That's fearing God. Ascribing to him who he is as he says he is. (laughs) That's believing God, isn't it? That's faith that God gives. He said, you're the king. Remember me. That's all that I need. You just to think of me. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What did he want? He wanted to be where the Lord was. Those that fear God want to be where God is, and they want to be with the Lord's people, north south that's so the word says so, doesn't it? and Ruth Naomi said, "What a horrible thing, isn't it well that was that was a, Lord Kepper, he sure did, and he killed her husband and her both her sons for leaving a house of bread and going to moab. I wouldn't want that on anybody, but the Lord was faithful. And she tried running off her daughters-in-law. And she said, y'all, go find husbands. If I had a child, the way the law was at the time, you ain't going to, you'll be 80 by the time I render another child that's old enough to marry you. Go find the other husbands. And one kissed her and cried. And all oh, there was tears hitting the floor, wasn't it? Oh, she loved her. And she left her. And Ruth said, I ain't going nowhere. She said, entreat me not to leave thee or return following after thee. For whether thou goest, i go. Whether thou lodgest, wherever you lay down and sleep at night, i lodge. And your people's my people, and your God's my God. We're together. We're of one heart. Where thou diest, will I die. They went out from us because they're not of us. They weren't faithful to the end because God didn't keep them faithful to the end. Ruth said, as God will, I'm with you to the end. Where you're buried... Well, you're putting that ground, I'm gonna be putting the ground. The Lord do so to me, and more so if aught but death part thee in me. She was married to Naomi, till death do us part. That's what we say when you get married. We're if we're part of that we're that bride of Christ till death do us part. We're with him forever. I don't know if we'll get to it next hour. We pay your vows. Does that mean you gotta go and tithe to get No! Remember your wedding vows that he made. I'm with you always, thick and thin, good or bad. It doesn't matter. We're united with the Lord. It? The fear of the Lord is evidence of being born again. It's believing he is as he says he is in his word. That's it. That says it right there. People say, "Ah, oh, he has no hands but your hands. You ain't read the Psalms, have you? <laughs> My Lord has two hands. They drove nails through him because of me. speaking of the wicked David said the transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there's no fear of God before his eyes I see them transgression and I know of my heart they don't fear God and that doesn't mean people out shooting heroin and killing babies that's those that are really good neighbors and wear ties and, and hold, have King James version Bibles and they go to church and now you just got to do a little something just a scotch 11 just a touch one molecule 11 they don't fear God. He also spoke of the righteous. Psalm 115, he said that the Lord, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. If that fear of the Lord's put in us, that honoring, that reverence, that glorifying him, whether it's just a little bit of fear of him or a great fear of him, it don't matter. The Lord's going to bless it. That's called life. Life eternal, in it? Well, who makes the difference of a person fearing and worshiping? Turn over to Jeremiah 32. We'll close. Jeremiah 32. You remember Wednesday night? The I-haves of the Lord. He said, I have glorified your name. I've finished the work. I've manifested your name to these people. I've given your word. I've kept them. I've prayed for them. I've sent them. And he gave us his glory. What a thought, isn't it? Jeremiah 32, verse 36. 32, verse 36. And now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, whereof you say it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by famine and by pestilence, his city of God is what you're saying. to you know what some dry bones did? They were clean dead. And then when the sinews come on in the flesh and the life's breathing, they say, we're going to die. <laughs> you just now start living. The Lord puts life in you, you'll declare you as dead. And that's what you deserve. He's asking them, why are you fearful? Why aren't you fearing the Lord? Verse 37: Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whether I have driven them in my anger and in my fury, my great wrath, whether I've driven them in famine. Right? I'll gather them. I'll bring them again into this place just like Ruth and Naomi brought to that house of bread where corn is, where life is, just like these brothers being brought to Joseph to bow to him. He brings us together and I will cause them to dwell safely and they shall be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart. Do you love something different than I love? We love the same one, don't we? That's the same heart. He dwells in you, he dwells in me. We honor the Father. We fear him. We honor him, respect him. Same thing. Same Same in you, same in me. I give him one heart and one way. How are we going to get to the Father that we've offended? Christ the way. There's the same Savior. That. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give him a new heart. I'm going to give him the eyes to see Christ and behold him and glorify him, that they may fear me forever. For the good of them. That's precious to me. That's for your good. All this famine and nations dying, babies dying in the streets. That's terrible. God says, this is for your good. For the good of them and of their children after them, to honor, to worship, and to revere the Lord is good. And it's good for our children. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts. How'd that fear get there? I chose to be afraid of God. (laughs) I chose to honor him. No, I'm going to go worship today. You You might not. We ask God to make us that way. Put your fear in our hearts. Put your reverence in our hearts. You have to do it. He said, I will put my fear in their hearts and they shall not depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. I will plant them in the land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. You think you're going to leave the Lord does with his whole heart and soul? For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, like as all that evil come upon in Joseph's time, that famine, like as all the evil that's all around us, the Lord brought that on so will I bring upon them all the good that I've promised to them. He's on his throne. You can't worship a God that ain't sovereign. You can't. That's almighty and holy. You can't do it. So if he's like us, we can't do it. This one says all that evil that I brought on it, just in the same manner, I'm going to be as good to my people because it pleased him. I love his shalls. He said, I'm going to make them a covenant. David said, Though my, although my house not be so with God, it sure don't look like it. Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, and for this is all my salvation. That's my only hope, and it's all my desire. I wouldn't have it any other way. A person that fears the Lord, one that had that covenant made with them, they proclaim that the Lord made the covenant. Those One that's kept by the Lord proclaims that the Lord's the keeper of them. One that fears the Lord, they proclaim that the Lord put the fear in them. One that's given faith to believe proclaims that that faith's the gift of God, just as he says it is. Back in our text, we're in Genesis 42. Verse 16, he says, send one of you. Who will go? Who will go tell this good news? Send me, I'll go. Here I am, Lord, I'll go. Look, everything's done for us. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother, and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be proved whether there be any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together in the ward three days. And Joseph said unto them on the third day, This do and live, I fear God. Because Christ honored and revered and glorified the Father, I live and I fear God because he did. That's comfort to those ten, isn't it? They're there in a foreign land and they said, I know what that means. I know what he just said. Do you think they wanted to go eat lunch with anybody else? You think they wanted to go hang out with, like, well, that's not, man, I can't believe, we need to talk sometime down the road. I'll be back in about a week. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to go fishing for a little while. No, I said, come here. I want to talk to you. <laughs> Keep talking. I thought of my brother, Robbie. 2015, Kimberly and I went to New Jersey, and he read scripture and prayed that night. And as he prayed, he got through. I looked at and I said, that's my brother. He speaks the language I speak. He fears God. He knows who God is. He reverences Him. That's so. And just like Joseph's brothers, that was a comfort to me, and that was precious to me. And I won't be where he was. I texted him yesterday. I said, "I wish I was there with you." <laughs> I hope he recorded. I want to listen to it later this evening. Wish I was there in per- person when the Spirit was there with him. That'd been something. With him. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your Word, simplicity of it, and how majestic it is. Thank you for giving us, brethren, that you put Christ in that reverences you. And Lord, be with us. Be with me. Make me have a heart that honors Christ and adores Him and is in awe all the time. What I believe. Help my unbelief. Well, we're thankful you put that fear in your people, and thankful that Christ has kept us. He will glorify us with Him. What a blessing! What a salvation! What a Savior! Thank you for this hour, Lord. Be with us next, and be with your people everywhere. Be with her, the Curtis family, as they're suffering, and they're not with those without hope, but as they mourn. Give us tears to weep with them. Forgive us for what we are. It's because of Christ we ask these things. Amen. All right.